welcome to Rules of the Frame. My name is Connor Reed. And I'm Riley Hardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and today tasty. we're... Tasty. <laughs> we're on our second episode in our animation series. And by the way, this is a podcast about film, if you are a first-time listener. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically take a subject and just dig into it and find a bunch of films that relate to it and focus on that aspect of the film or just kind of go all out and try to really go in-depth with film. So... If you're a first time listener, that's what I feel we, like we do. Succeed. I think we succeed most of the time. I think so. Yeah, there's sometimes where we get a little derailed, especially like on episodes where we bring people on too. Right. That's true. But but it's pretty much always worth it. Right. For the insight. Right. Exactly. So this series that we're doing is the underdogs of animation, and um, this episode we're kind of talking about like. You know, with, when we're talking about animated films, you can't really go without discussing, like, anime films. And, more, like, more specifically, people think of, like, Hayao Miyazaki films, which are great and incredible and deserve the praise that they get. But there's also more than just Miyazaki's films. There's many other great anime films as well. And so that's why we're focusing on the Garden of Words today. Yeah. Makoto Shinkai mm-hmm. is the name of the director. He wrote, directed, and produced, yeah. I believe. So and he's done several movies before this. Yeah, he has. Um, but this this was actually the first one I saw. Mm. And then after viewing this one, I was inspired to go and watch. Well, I guess I only watched one other. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did another one called Five Centimeters Per Second. Mm. I think he did that in around two thousand seven. Um, so uh, that was actually si- similar art style to this. Um, uh, but that's a great movie as well. Yeah. So, but. Um, we're talking about Garden of Words today. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Uh, I'll just give a quick, short summary of it. So, the Garden of Words is basically about this young schoolboy who, whenever it's raining, decides to take the day off and go to this garden. And uh, he wants to be a cobbler, so he just sits there and draws shoes. So, one day he goes, and there's this woman sitting there who's just drinking beer and eating chocolate. He thinks it's kind of strange, and then they both leave. And then the next day, uh, he comes back, and she's there again. And so they start talking, and they kind of develop a friendship through the rainy days where they get to go and enjoy their time there. And as time progresses, they talk more and become better friends. And um, she finds out about him, that he's in school and wants to become a cobbler, but uh, his, you know... His classmates are always kind of picking on him, or not picking on him, but he's just not really like in the group, basically. And he's kind of piecing together that something happened to her, and that's why she's never at her job and always on the bench. And he finds out that she was a school teacher at his uh, at his school that he goes to, and finds out that these girls were picking on her, and that something happened where she left the school for a while and she's kind of recovering and doesn't like explicitly say what happened to her but I think Mm -hmm. I mean just kind of from what I assumed I think there was like a suicide attempt and that um she's still kind of recovering from that like saying like learning how to walk on her own and just like yeah kind of more subtle things of like oh I can only taste like chocolate and beer and you know, so they they never like fully. At least I don't think they do. They don't fully yeah. say what happened, but that's just kind of what right. what I assumed happened. Um, mm-hmm. And then they start getting closer, and the boy tells her that he loves her, and she kind of is like, "Well, I'm moving to this other city," and he gets like really angry about it, and like yells at her, runs out, and then she realizes how much she, you know likes him loves him is a friend of him <laughs> cares for him cares for yeah. him exactly and, yeah and did you did you mention the ages oh she he's like 15 he's 15 yeah and she's like 30 27. 27 okay that's right yeah so yeah uh there's a big age difference and yeah, very large <laughs> not to mention that it'd be a teacher and a student so also very inappropriate right and it's kind of wrong on a couple levels yeah so. <laughs> but then she goes and runs after him and finds him like sitting on the stairs and he just starts yelling at her that she never opens up and that he hates her and that he's glad she's moving and then she breaks out into tears and so does he and then she goes and hugs him and then she moves to the city and he still makes his pair of shoes and sets them on the bench waiting for her and then I think there's like an after credit sequence where he says something about like, I know our paths will meet one day. 
And that's the Garden of Words. Right. He writes her a letter and, and sets it on the bench. Right. I guess because she's going to go back. Mm-hmm. There, uh, so my two words for this are internal suffering. I think that's just kind of the main driving of both the characters. And it's not, it's definitely more prevalent with the, the woman, um, just as, you know, she's just drinking beer and eating chocolate all day and just not at work. And like, there's all these shots of her in her house, just kind of like sitting and talking to other people on the phone and just, you know, just kind of like lolling about and herself talking about like her depression. And um, yeah, it's just a very yeah. real driving fact like kind of like i feel like her almost her only driving factor in the film is that and yeah with the boy it's not said so much it's more of like i just don't want to be in school right now i just want to work it's stupid that i have right. to be in school and um like his mom is i think separated from their dad and like just going out on dates and drinking a lot and so like not the best Mm -hmm. role model for him. And so I think he feels isolated because of that. And his brother kind of isolates him as well. And is like, ah, you're just the dumb kid brother and you're not going to do good stuff. Like you're just an idiot. And and so I think there's just a lot of that. And that's kind of like what reads through of like their dialogue to each other of just wanting someone who understands and who can listen. And that's why they connect so well. Yeah, that's good. Uh, My two words were poetic longing. Because I feel like that describes these two characters is that they're longing for something so very deeply. The the boy is longing to be understood, you know, by his peers, by his family. He kind of feels like a like an outsider because he's into this thing. It's, uh, I mean, he wants to be a cobbler. I don't know if I've met a single person in my life who aspires to be a cobbler. <laughs> oh man! So it's a unique interest. Um, but he's fascinated by it, and nobody has really ever taken interest in his interest, uh, but she does. And so that's part of what fuels that friendship on his side. But she uh, is a teacher, and she's in her t- late 20s. Um, she's, you can, she's kind of, you can tell she has this sense of wandering and aimlessness about her that she's not, she hasn't found what she's, passionate about she doesn't know what her desires are and she's kind of lost you that you kind of see that in her conversation with that i think it's like her ex-boyfriend or something or um uh and so yeah these characters are are longing for something deeply and it's through this uh, these short period windows of time when when the rain comes that kind of brings them together and they connect because of their because of their loneliness and because of their uh, their longing for something. And so they both kind of give that to each other uh, in a way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the elephant in the room, <laughs> 12, 12 years apart. <laughs> um, that is something that I thought about a lot, like when watching this movie. And uh, I there are some things I wish they would have changed about it that would have maybe made me more comfortable with the premise but and maybe we can get into that later but um but yeah that was kind of my first take impressions on the movie i think it's oh yeah well it's stunningly gorgeous i I said this when i first watched it i i do believe that this is probably the most beautifully animated uh film i've ever seen it's hyper real they it's they use hyper realism uh and they do that with rotoscoping and they use some computer animation but um, they uh, they use some different techniques. Um, the, I think they draw the outlines of the characters with a brown instead of black, and that kind of creates a, a different feeling. And uh, but the way they animate rain is beautiful. Mm, yeah. like they'll get sh- uh, real close up shots of the rain, and, and they use um, they use the lens and focusing as an effect, which is you know not normally seen in a movie like that. So that's really impressive. Uh, and then there are just these, like, I don't know if you call them, like, a macro shot. They just get super close on, like, mm-hmm. a, a pen and uh, paper or pencil and paper, and you can see them making small marks. It's just extremely close. Right. And the, these shots are stunning, stunning shots. And you, it's even the shots of, like, her on the cell phone. Yeah. Just looking at the cell phone, it's beautifully animated. It, just, I've it never looks seen, really good. I've never seen a cell phone animated so beautifully. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's bizarre mm-hmm. that we get shots like that, but I love it. And then the food, the way oh, they show uh, the food cooking and the and the pot is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it's it was unlike anything I had ever seen at the time. It's hard for me to say if it's the like number one mm-hmm. beautifully animated, but it's definitely it's gotta be my top three. I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it looks it does look really good. And that is something I'll give to it. And, like, I was just stunned by a lot of the visuals. But I think for me, at least saying that, like, if it were to be the most beautiful movie I'd ever see, I'd ever seen, uh, or most beautiful animated movie I've ever seen, that there would have had to have been, I don't know, kind of more meaning to a lot of the shots. Because he takes a lot of, like, I feel I feel like a lot of inspiration from Yasujiro Ozu, like how we were talking in our Wind Rises mm-hmm. episode, of the pillow shot where it's just kind of the shot of like an everyday thing and it doesn't really have anything to do with the story but it's like almost like a breath of fresh air like a meditation on what has already happened Mm -hmm. or what is going to happen and so there's a lot of that in in this which is great and like ozu does it to an extent where i feel like it still serves a purpose to the story and it's like okay, these are moments where I do need to pause and think about what is actually happening right now or just see something beautiful despite what is going on. Um, and I think with this one, it almost felt like a little willy-nilly with some of it where it's like, of course, there was the symbolism of the rain, but a lot of the stuff in it, I was just like, I like, I love looking at this. It's beautiful, but I don't feel like it really needs to be here in the sense of like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like almost an appropriate time for a break yet. Or you think like, you're kind of just... They're just kind of using it as an opportunity to show off a little bit, just kind of eye candy. Exactly, yeah. Because, like, whenever you – if you took away, like, the visuals of it, it's, like, a pretty basic story, you know, of just, like, two people meeting on a bench and talking. And it can be really good to an extent if you have, like, really good dialogue and, like, really good acting and – um I don't know if there's just kind of, like, a tension there. But I, this is one thing where I feel like animation is kind of lacking in is getting that – tension that two physical humans can bring to a scene where it's like you watch Mm -hmm. like two people bantering back and forth and you see like the little twitches that they do and like the little expressions and body movements where you're like oh you know like that person's actually into that person or like that's shyness but i feel like a lot of the um character animation falls into just kind of like a more basic sort of like oh, I'm embarrassed about something. I'm going to go rub my arm, you know, and like kind of clench myself <laughs> in or like, you know, it, it's, right. yeah. it doesn't read like people actually being in love or shocked or that sort of thing. Like it feels like it just falls into like a lot of the anime character stereotypes without being like crazy over the top. Yeah, I see that. I see that. I think, yeah, there's nothing really extraordinary about the way the characters look or how they're animated, how, they're, how they move. I guess the real stunner is just in the backdrops and the, um, uh, just the detailed artistry of, yeah, some of the backgrounds and, uh, and the, com- and the computer animated mm-hmm. stuff is, is beautiful as well. Um, but yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. It's, there's a lot of, uh, of animation for like shock value for their, their intention is to make your jaw drop. Right. Cause I had never, I had never seen animation, look like it was in the real world before it was mm. like some of the shots like there's a shot of a train pulling into the station and right. honestly before they people step off the train you could you might think it's a live action movie um but then as soon as the legs you know step off the train mm. you're like, oh this is animated oh wow but yet it's it's seem it's pretty seamless and it, and it fits yeah but um but yeah no i see where you're coming from in in that sense mm-hmm. i thought i still thought it was pretty good I also kind of like a build up to like a lot of the beautiful visuals of things like I'm going to talk about, you know, again, one of my favorite animated films that we've done an episode on Wally, um, where you start off with like these shots of like the great openness of space. And you're like, wow, this is so beautiful. There's like and it shows like the vastness of it and then pans down onto Earth where everything is incredibly claustrophobic and smoggy and you just like feel like constricted because of it. And there's like mm-hmm. almost a sense of depression that flows over you with just the stunning visuals of going from like incredibly beautiful, natural, like just widespread space landscapes to a completely overgrown and dust and dirt and trash filled Earth. And it's just like a heartbreaking transition and you almost kind of forget that there's like other, I mean, it's still beautifully animated, but you forget that there's other like natural beauty out there until 
the like scene whenever there's the uh, dust cloud that's about to come in and Wally's like getting the dirt out of his lunchbox and like looks up at the sky and there's like a little break in between the clouds and you see the stars in between there and it's like oh yeah there is still beauty out there and then Mm. you don't get any more of that until Wally finally goes into space and it's just like almost this kind of overwhelming like rush like literal like literal rush as he's going out there where he's just like getting constricted like by the satellites and all these things like flying at him and then he just breaks out and he's just like in the vastness of space and there's all this like beauty and like openness around him and it's just like the symbolism of that of like kind of his freedom is like so incredible and it's like that's what i like visuals to do in animated films yeah i guess the the visuals in the garden of words don't necessarily propel the story as they do in other movies um but I also think about some shots like her dangling her her shoe on her foot. That's kind of an interesting shot, kind of showing, you know, further emphasizing the shoe motif, you know. Right. Um, I think there are a lot of cool shots. Like one that sticks out in my mind is when uh, she stands up on the bench and he's kind of measuring her foot. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of linger there for a minute. Uh, and then oh, I forget what I actually forget what they said. I should have looked that up. <laughs> what she said but i remember it being profound <laughs> but um but that was a shot that stuck out to me yeah uh it's a simple movie it's a simple story mm-hmm. uh it's not complex really right uh, simple premise which i like and and maybe from their perspective as filmmakers are like you know we have a simple story so we're gonna go all out on visuals or so maybe that's kind of right they're thinking about maybe but uh but who knows mm-hmm. but um I don't know. I think um, I, this is kind of like my un, probably unpopular opinion on this, but <laughs> I almost would have just preferred the visuals and just taken the story completely out. Like just seeing all the shots of like the train and like the water and the city skyline and all that. It's like, and like just not so just have kind any... of a Barack, a Baraka style kind of. Exactly. Thing. Something like that. It, like, I feel like that would have yeah. been just that as powerful. Be like it, to me, it almost just felt like the story kind of got in the way. And, like, wasn't really so, the stuff I was caring about. Like, I was like, okay, they're talking, and, okay, now here's more shots of, like, beautiful shots. Right. And if we're going to start talking about, well, I mean, we've already kind of been talking things bad about it, but I think the story is could have been a lot more focused. Mm. Uh, I think the first half of the movie is a lot better than the second half. Yes. Um, uh, the the first half has more of a rhythm to it. And that's kind of when we see them getting close and we see their budding friendship, Mm -hmm. companionship. And then, yeah, in the second half, they kind of introduce the whole school setting and things kind of get a little bit convoluted Mm -hmm. with, with, uh, Tycho, Tycho kind of seeing his interactions with some of those other students is kind of, I don't know. I think it kind of detracts from it. I think it, (laughs) and I actually kept asking myself this question while I was watching it. I was like, is this, movie too long mm. or is it too short yeah <laughs> i was like you know i almost think it would be better as like a 25 minute short film exactly which yeah and i i saw it's funny because i reading some reviews of it a lot of people thought the opposite they're like yeah this movie's too short like it needed to be longer to kind of flesh out the character more <laughs> and i'm like i don't know i i don't know i think it would have been more powerful and more focused had they kind of like purely focused on their companionship and they have, would have kind of left the the quasi romance out of it. Cause there's definitely hints at that, which whenever they hint at that, I'm just like, mm. it really just gets, yeah. like, I don't like wow. to think about that. And cause you know, they're 12 years apart mm-hmm. and he's a minor. Uh, so, yeah. you know, when they introduced that, it, it was, was weird, mm-hmm. but, uh, I just, I really like, how they come together and and the way that their friendship develops i think is so beautiful Mm -hmm. and i think it does kind of get a little bit tarnished in the second half yeah overall i still like this movie i still think it's good um uh but i think it it's like watching it i think this was probably the third time i watched it i was definitely more aware of the moments where i was like okay this if they would have left this out it would have been more powerful Mm -hmm. this area here is a little bit weird for me um the ending i thought the first time i watched it i was i was like really blown away by it but it i don't know this watching it for the third time it was actually kind of like i feel like it's a little bit too over emotional um like blown away course, by the emotions of it yeah i was like wow this is really powerful 
Um, mm. But I don't know. I think it was maybe a little bit over the top. They should have downplayed it a little bit. Well, because yeah. in that moment, that's kind of when she, you know, she, like he's getting really angry at her, saying that he hates her, and then like she runs to him, and then they embrace, and this really, like the music swells. It's this mm-hmm. big epic moment, and then they hug, and then it's like this huge, you know, release of emotion for her. And uh, it's like, wow, well, it was a, I don't know, was that overdone a little bit? I don't know, because she's like saying, "You saved me, you saved me," which is kind of hinting at like you know, she was maybe contemplating suicide. Yeah. Like maybe part of their friendship helped her to not do that. And mm-hmm. so there are some, maybe some good aspects to that. Um, I love the music. Music was brilliant. Yeah. It was really it good. Was incredible. Um, but yeah, I think the, the second half of the movie could have, mm-hmm. well, either been cut out entirely or maybe just reworked a little bit. Right. I don't know. I want to come back to the whole conversation on the second half of the story, but I do want to ask you, did the soundtrack remind you of George Winston? Not immediately, but now that you say that, I can definitely see that. Like, especially like his winter album, it really reminds me of that. Just kind of like the soft yeah. piano. It's Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the piano is brilliant. I'm a sucker for a good mellow piano score. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's George Winston-y, that's for sure. His <laughs> December album. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the melodies. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Yeah. All right, now going back to the second half of the film, yeah. I completely agree with you. I felt like mm-hmm. all the stuff that happened in the school did not need to happen at all. Like, it could have mm-hmm. been stuff that was left unsaid and probably be even more powerful. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really need to see him interacting with his classmates. I don't need to see him confronting the bullies. Like, we all know how that's going to go down. He's going to get beat up by one guy right. and then go back to her and she'll be like, what happened? He's like, oh, nothing. I, like, tripped and fell, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, although he did say that he got in a fight, but um, yeah, it's like I, I just feel like it would have been better had they uh, had they just become friends and mm-hmm. like for it not to have gotten this weird mixture of I love you and then having to like play off of that. Yeah, you know, I think it was just kind of a weird dynamic, but um, I think they're good characters. I, right. I mean, I think especially the the woman. Mm-hmm. I think she's kind of fascinating to me. Drink, she drinks beer and chocolate together. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing she can taste. Give her a break. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I love, like, the poetry that they that they recite. Yeah. And uh, the conversations they have together, I think, were, were fun to witness. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think that part was good. And I really like the friendship aspect of them. Like, I really just mm-hmm. wish they hadn't included the whole... Yeah love bit that's mm-hmm. yeah which i'm just gonna say right now um i do like shinkai's work i don't like a lot of the romantic slash sexual aspects of his work either mm-hmm. um it just kind of bothered me in this that it's like oh i don't really like that they're playing into that and like yeah making it like they kind of like normalize it almost by making the main character seem more old than he is. Cause you like, look at him and you're like, that's not a 15 year old. Like he's going and doing stuff on his own. Like he's cooking. He's yeah. like all this sort of stuff. It's like, he's not 15. He's an adult. And then it's like, <laughs> Oh no, I'm a schoolboy, And I'm like, yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the, whenever I talk to people about this movie, that's, it's really hard for them to get past it. It's mm-hmm. like it instantly, they're instantly like, Ooh, ugh, I don't like that. And then they don't, you know, they instantly withdraw from the movie, which I can totally understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think if you're willing to kind of look past it, there's a lot, there is a lot of good to see in it. And I think those who do kind of are able to look past that will be rewarded with a good, right. with a good, uh, good character dynamic. Right. And I'm glad like nothing actually did happen between them because then I feel like I'd be oh, like, nope, yeah. all right, nope, I'm I'm not about this right. at all. Like, <laughs> be crossing a line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because I, I, I realized after I watched this, I'm like, oh, I have seen another Shikai film. Um, I watched Your Name a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, I've seen that too. And, gosh, whenever I watched it, because it, <laughs> it popped up on the IMDb 250, and, like, my dad and I have this contest that's been going on since I've started college where <laughs> – you know, seeing who can finish the 250 first. And, of course, there's yeah, new there's stuff. There's no that end gets, in sight for There's that. no end. I have, like, 12 left right now, but they keep on adding more, and it makes me so mad. Which, that is really impressive, 
none like you know at the least you've seen that many <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <on you>. there. <laughs> um but so your name popped up on the list i was like oh, what i have to watch this and like where am i going to get access to this and i was going to ireland that summer for like i was going to make a couple videos for this uh, university and uh, it was actually the university I graduated from. And there was like a bunch of the other students, like it was a summer study trip. And so there's like students all around me. And um, one of the movies on the plane was your name. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sick. Like I can get this nice. out of the way. Um, but also like, oh, everyone's going to like look at me and say I'm watching anime. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, and yeah, there's. Kind of a stigma of around anime. Exactly. You know? And it's like a lot of these yeah. like students, like I knew like two of them and then the rest of them, this was like my first introduction to them. And um, <laughs> gosh, like for the most part, I was fine with it until the part like if you don't know the story of your name, it's basically about like this boy and this girl who switch bodies like across time and kind of like fall in love with each other. But every freaking time like the boy switches into the body of the girl, like he just starts like feeling himself up and i'm like this is disgusting <laughs> like i hate well, this he only and... did that didn't he only do that once no he it did like it like big... three times at least every really? single time he wakes up he's like oh what you know and yeah and i'm like whenever that scene happened i was like like looking around I'm like oh gosh like oh, people are thinking i'm weird like they're thinking i'm watching not good stuff on this plane you know <laughs> oh dude that's funny and just like that whole like aspect like another unpopular opinion i wasn't a huge fan of your name like mm. and i had read up on it before and people were like oh it's like one of the best animes of all time and i was like yeah like it was okay yeah i wouldn't i would definitely wouldn't go far as to say that but i do think that was another you know gorgeously animated mm -hmm. there was a sequence i think near the end that was like completely stunning the comet was, sequence yeah, yeah that was incredible that was yeah that one kind of made it worth the watch for yeah. me um but yeah, I think that's the highest grossing film uh, in Japan because mm -hmm. uh, it was Spirited Away for the longest time, but right. your name uh, just passed it. Uh, beat it. Yeah. So, yeah. which is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. If you're a Spirited Away fan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, that aspect of that work, I'm not about that. It, right. It just kind of like plays into like a lot of, this is like honestly maybe my biggest issue with anime is like the perverted aspect of it. Yeah, because like I was into it whenever I was in high school and then kind of like grew out of it. And it's like now I'll watch stuff. But um, gosh, again, the freaking IMDb 250 list, like um, <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangelion, the end of Evangelion popped up on there. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I asked one of my friends about it. And he's like, oh, it's the movie to finish off the series that's called Neon Genesis Evangelion. And I'm like, well, do I have to watch the series in order to watch the movie? And he's like, yeah, you do. I'm like, frick so i binged <laughs> through this whole stupid show i know a lot of people love it and think it's great oh you watched it i watched the whole show okay. and the movie and like for the most part i was like okay this is pretty good and then there are just some parts in it where it's like it shows the kids naked they're like 14 and like there's like sexual Ooh. stuff going on i'm like this is not okay like why is this allowed like gosh it's yeah. so bad like uh and then, like, the last, yeah. like, three or two episodes of, like, the show, it's, like, they already, like, you know, the big climactic event already happened. And it's just, like, internal monologues where it's, like, the characters facing other versions of themselves. And like, why did I do this? You did this because you're alone. Oh, okay. But I'm not alone. Okay, it's because you're scared. And it's just, like, that for, like, an hour. And I'm, like, I'm sick of this. Like, this is, like, BS. And, like, I'm not <laughs> buying any of this. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of anime out there, and a lot of it is weird and perverted like that. Way too sexual. But there's also a lot of yeah. There's also a lot of good anime, mm -hmm. uh, and that's why we're here is to show you which exactly, ones exactly. So <laughs> you can always trust Miyazaki. That's one thing I, I <laughs> yeah. I'm always like so glad. I'm like I'm glad I'm wrong. not gonna watch like anything perverted. I mean, maybe there's some elements in like something maybe. But it's never been the sort of thing where I've gotten like really uncomfortable about it, where yeah, I have like with watching other anime stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, and Miyazaki had, well, uh, I was going to say Whisper of the Hearts, not Miyazaki, but there's, that's like a romance. It's kind of an intense romance, mm. but they're pretty young. I mean, mm. they're like 12 and 13 or something. Oh, what? 
I mean, I think so. Or maybe like 14. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. But it's, I mean, there's nothing sexual in it. But right. it's even, it's just kind of weird, like, having this intense, like, romantic story. Which that's like Romeo and Juliet. They're like 12 and 13. That's true. But, yeah, you can't, you really can't go wrong with Miyazaki. No. I mean, it's innocent. And, yeah, you'll, you'll be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, one thing I do admire about this film is it's nice not having like a super high fantasy or high sci-fi anime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good to have That's something sure. a bit more grounded because I feel like most of the anime out there, it's like kind of in this like hyper real or just like crazy fantasy world, which like to an extent yeah. is cool. Like you can do a lot of cool stuff with that, but it's also nice to just kind of like sit back and kind of take it back to like the roots of like Japanese cinema. Like, I mean like non samurai yeah. Japanese cinema of just kind of right. these more contemplative family story pieces well and honestly it's usually one or the other you either got mm-hmm. the high sweeping fantasy or just the plain slice of life right anime you know uh and i definitely am a fan of the slice of life mm-hmm. i just I, yeah for, i think for me just the relatability is the main reason i prefer that mm-hmm. even though i'm a fan of fantasy but um i don't think i respond to it as emotionally as i do kind of the more humble personal stories yeah like the wind rises yeah exactly and that's why honestly some of my favorite studio ghibli movies are isao takahara Mm. because he's kind of the more grounded of the two and his don't really take place in the you know fantasy world because with him we get grave of the fireflies Mm -hmm. um did you do my neighbor uh, my neighbors the yamadas or he did that one yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then he did um uh, only yesterday right fantastic movie that might be my favorite studio ghibli wow um yeah that one's really good he did one called palm poco oh yeah it's kind of it's a weird one <laughs> uh <laughs> it's weird uh i mean if you want to watch it go you know have at it but uh-huh. i don't know if i'd give it my wholehearted recommendation okay um i've not it's about seen talking shape-shifting beavers <laughs> or yeah that's essentially what it's about uh, so it's kind of weird, mm. but no, I think and people actually call Mokoto Shinkai the next Miyazaki. He's yeah. kind of got that title, which um, I don't really know. I guess just because it's he's really popular, mm-hmm. I don't really know why else. Because his stories don't really not really telling the same kind of stories. No. But uh, I'm definitely still a fan of his. Like I'll, I'll, I think he's got a new movie coming out. Uh, I forget yeah. what it's called, but it's definitely another like boy girl adventure romance mm-hmm. kind of deal. So, um, but I'd, I'd like to see it. Um, yeah. And I, and I'm, and I still want to watch some of his older stuff too. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I like five centimeters per second. Mm-hmm. I think that one's really good. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just your typical anime slice of life. That's what he likes to do. Right. And I watched his first couple like short films and it's like, it's pretty impressive because he did them all on his own. Like I think the first one yeah. he did every like, you know, everything except for the music. And that's, like, mm. really impressive. It's, like, not the highest quality, of course, but it's, like, it's because one person did it. And, like, same thing with um, the the girl and her cat. Like, that one was, like, really impressive because it's a lot of, like, not movement animation, like, more still life sort of stuff because, you know, movement animation is far harder to do. Um, but it's still, like, pretty impressive. Um yeah, I like a lot. I think a lot hit, like his shorter stuff than his like feature stuff. There's this one that he did. I think it's called The Gathering of the Cats, and it's like a minute, and it's just like it was great. Like just about these cats, like getting the tail <laughs> stepped on. Like we're gonna rise up and become like this mecha cat and destroy the city, and then they get fed every night, and they're like, okay, we're quelled, and then until the next morning when they get their tail stepped on again, they're like, all right, we're attacking tomorrow, and it's so good. It's only a minute long. Yeah, oh, maybe man, like a I'm minute and a half that. or something. That's cool. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems to really have a strength in shorts. Mm-hmm. And uh, not to say I don't want him to venture out into, you know, longer stuff. But, right. yeah, I think Garden of Words, you know, would be better served shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, or just done differently and just not as convoluted in the second half. Yeah. But love that music. Yeah. The animation. Pretty stellar. The music is great. And it almost kind of bothers me that everything is hyper real except for the people which i get because it's very hard to animate and especially like rotoscope 
people like hyper weird yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i get why but it's like i don't know i felt like they could have put more effort in to make them a little more detailed you know and kind of like steer away from like the traditional anime look of characters i just wonder what that would have looked like Mm -hmm. would it be i mean rotoscope uh animation like for humans is kind of weird it is really weird you know richard linklater has done it a few times Mm -hmm. and it's i haven't seen either of the movies but Mm -hmm. they uh has a very distinct style and i don't know if it would that's the kind of thing that would fit in this kind of yeah story but that's true i also feel like this whole you've seen ghost in the shell right yeah okay i feel like this whole film is basically just an extended sequence from the movie where like whenever they're on the barge like floating down the the river in the city and it's just like a bunch of like you know passing shots of the city and like rain falling on the street and all that i'm like i basically feel like they just took that sequence and like let's just make a movie out of it and throw a love story in it (laughs) it's funny i wouldn't think of it that way but (laughs) that's funny yeah ghost in the shell is a good one that's another one that's like it's good but it's also just hard to recommend because you know sexual stuff in it but yeah. just because but another... she like appears naked for most of the movie yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah that's the reason mm-hmm. that one's really uh, good uh akira is really good too mm-hmm. i really love that one yep. but there is also like one scene in it where it's like oh, what like why do you have to put that in there and right know. right but I will say for both of those it, that it, it's some of the best animation I've ever seen. There's just this great style that Extremely they give to like, yeah, light is used so well in it. Like the way that they do kind of like the neon and like the, the light trail of the bikes is just so cool. I'm like, gosh, I want to, I want to see more of that. And it seems like something that was mainly done in like the eighties and nineties. Like I remember watching right. Pokemon whenever I was a kid and I always just loved, like, how they animated light and how they animated water and, like, the sparkling, like, on the water. I always just thought it looked so cool and, like, calming. No, oh, I mean, there's just some things that Japanese animation has that they can do that nobody else... I don't know. They're just doing it before anybody else. and Or they already did it in the 80s and yeah. the 90s. But, um, yeah, those two movies were extremely influential. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are typically on the top ten lists, you know, of, of Japanese films. Yeah, and I don't know. I think some of Shinkai's work might make its way up there eventually. I don't know. He's, I, I mean, he's very, he was very successful. I think Garden Garden of Words was very successful. I don't have the, the details, but mm-hmm. I think it, you know, was a box office success. So I think he, you know, he's got. I think he's a young guy too. Yeah. So I think he's got a lot more in him, and he's got a future ahead of him. So we'll see what he has has to put out. Right. But yeah, Garden of Words, it was very poetic. Mm-hmm. I just I liked the. I just really like the structure in the first half. I just love the the rain motif, you know, mm-hmm. the rain theme. And it's just, that's what brings them together. You know? Right, yeah. Whenever it's raining, mm-hmm. that's what brings them together. And I just love that. I love the simplicity of it. And Right. I do love the moodiness of it, too. Like, I love a good moody film where there's definite, like, a definite yeah. tone to it. Especially when it's, like, one that's kind of rainy, kind of gloomy. And I kind of wish that they had, yeah. like, taken the F-stop down a little bit on the, you know digital camera and like just kind of made some of the scenes a bit dimmer and like grayer or darker mm. that sort of thing but Dingier. i yeah i was like mm, i feel cozy watching this <laughs> yeah i can see that there is something that um i've kind of been thinking about for this movie and i guess like the style of animation of trying to make it hyper realistic is does it then defeat the purpose of animation because I feel like for a lot of animators, they think the reason why we animate movies is to make something that we couldn't normally make in real life or that we could do things like that just mm-hmm. aren't possible, you know? Yeah. No, I think you're correct most of the time. I, I mean, I think I think you're correct a lot. I'm not saying that <laughs> you personally are correct most of the time. I'm just saying I think that idea is totally true. Um, I think what they were doing was unique, though. I don't think it was like... When we talk about the new Lion King, like that kind of thing, is you're exactly like that is defeating the purpose of animation, because who the crap wants lions to look realistic like that? Like you, like Simba is expressive and full of emotion, and when you try and make him look like a real lion, yeah, real lions are not expressive and emotive. Right, so they can't act. <laughs> right, lions can't act, so it's dumb. 
but I don't know for something like this. I, I see the point of it. I mean, I, I think it's a it's a style. I don't think they're mm-hmm. I don't think they're trying to get away from you know the normal kitschy animation style. I think they're doing something new because it's rotoscope. It's not like they just drew animated characters in a live action scene. So it's a little bit different. But uh, but I see your point. I mean, and it's kind of a preference thing. But I, I really enjoyed the style that they put in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it is definitely like artistically done and with a purpose for it. Like it's not just like oh let's just show off what technology can do, you know? Like yeah. it's like no, there is artistic intent behind it. But the reason why I kind of bring up that question too is, especially as a kid, whenever I watched an animated film, it was because like I wanted to be like put in a mood or put in a world that I couldn't actually get from like. Uh, a live action film and that's why like some of my favorite like Disney films as a kid were like the sword and the stone and Robin Hood that are like these very like medieval very tonal films where it's like it doesn't actually have like the super grittiness of like a Game of Thrones like style medieval world but it's like it's fun it's fanciful it's it just it just has this feeling and this vibe that you get right. watching and it's like I loved that and I loved uh, animated films that could put me in that time like watching the Iron Giant and like ooh this is like a, a souped up version of the 50s you know like <laughs> yeah for sure that's the power of animation you know it's like that's what it's for and obviously we typically see that in children's films more often but mm-hmm. Garden of Words is not really a children's film no and it's yeah it's definitely geared towards teenagers and adults and so maybe that's why it doesn't really have that same warmth and and happy-go-lucky feel to it. But, no, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like sometimes you want to watch the animated stuff to make you feel that way, so I right. totally get that. Yeah, just kind of want to escape for a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Treasure Planet, yeah. gosh, like, what a cool world. Oh, yeah. Nothing you could actually, I mean, you can't make that in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're just going to start talking about our favorite animated films now for a bit. <laughs> and then Disney will continue to ruin them. Gosh. Although we're looking at you, John Favreau. I yeah, I I have lost respect in John Favreau. Maybe he'll get a little bit back with the Mandalorian. Although that being said, I would kind of love to see them attempt a Treasure Planet live action film. It would be what? incredibly hard to do. I just think like if they could, they have the money to do something like that. Where I'm talking like building the boats, you know, like not all CG, but like do it and like have like jj abrams take it over with like the intent of like oh we're not just gonna cg everything but make a lot of it like live action you know and give it kind of like a star wars jim henson sort of like feel to it i could see that potentially Mm -hmm. i could also see them potentially screwing it up really bad that's true (laughs) it would be very hard to cast the characters that would be like one thing where i'm like i just can't see there are very few people. Joseph Gordon Levitt, just let him do it again. But he's way too old. <laughs> I know he's too old. Like that, no. But like, he he would have been if he was that age, he would be perfect. Oh, he'd be so <laughs> perfect. My gosh, that'd be so good. I don't know who on earth could play John Silver. Yeah, I don't know. John Goodman, Question. maybe. That's dude. That's literally what I was thinking. Oh, but I was yeah. like, he's <laughs> he's too old though. He's like, yeah. isn't he in his seventies now? Really? Oh my gosh, it's a pretty old guy. Maybe mm. he's in his sixties. I don't know. He'd be make, make a really good John Silver. Yeah, if he can pull the accent off. Mm-hmm. We could still have um, David Hyde Pierce be Dr. Doppler. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. Okay, now this is sounding like a good idea. Okay. <laughs> we got this. J.J. Uh, Abrams, you better yeah, hop on board. work. Yeah, you're hired. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard because, like, there's always that perfect movie in your head. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they could do this. It'd be so easy. Just do this, these five things, you know? Right. But, like, in reality, there's no way it's going to be as good as what you think. And so that's the struggle. Which <laughs> is, like, also part of the thing of, like, why I adapt animated films. Like, I know we are just talking about really wanting this. But it's also, like, there's yeah. the movie has already been made. So why retell right. it again? And I there is, like, the argument against it of, like, okay, there's always people, like, adapting books and all that so there's always like one adaptation before so why make another one and i'm i'm kind of talking myself into a loop here but um i heard something where i think they're trying to do a live action remake of your name and i'm like why like it just doesn't i I don't know it just feels weird and like it's like how would you do the comet scene you know it's mm -hmm. like there's aspects of that that were so unique to the to animation that it would be difficult to pull off 
Right. And the, I don't know. The rumors, of course, that Leonardo DiCaprio has the rights to Akira and he's been trying to make it for years and all that. And it's like, why? I don't need another version of it because, like, the one I already have is exactly the way I want to see it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know, man. And did you hear that there, there are plans to reboot The Princess Bride? What? Yeah. Like a, possible plans, no, nothing confirmed. Like to make a TV show or something, or like a no, a just movie. to do another movie. You can't do movie. that. No, gosh, you know, ugh, it's frustrating. Nothing is sacred. Are, <laughs> nothing is sacred anymore. There are movies out there that some just consider like perfect. You know, this movie is perfect and it's untouchable. I feel like The Princess Bride is one of those mm-hmm. movies. There are a few know? pairs of perfect movies in this world. Be a shame to frick. I can't remember the end of the quote. <laughs> It'd be a shame to spoil <laughs> yeah. them. Be uh, what? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember the quote. Dang it! Be a pain anyway. I, I read that yesterday. I think I was <sighs> like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, Hollywood won't stop. It's just cash grabs. That's all it is. It's just it's a money machine. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, we're we're ranting again. Yeah, revolt. Garden of words. Anything left to say? I don't know. Let's make this episode only a little bit longer than the actual movie. <laughs> oh, let's talk about. You had to convince me last week that this was actually a feature film. I did convince you mm-hmm. because it's forty-five. It's like over forty-five minutes. I think technically, any film that is longer than forty minutes is technically a feature film, which is not what I heard. I always heard it as like right. an hour. Like it has to be an mm-hmm. hour at least to be a feature film, but. Right, and I, and I had heard the opposite. I had heard the 40, 45, I thought it was 45 minutes, mm. but um, I don't know why. I don't know who came up with that yeah. definition or rule, but maybe it's like for, maybe that's how they designate like Oscar nominations. Or, I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's probably how they do it. But I feel like there's also been either like like documentary shorts that have been longer than 40 minutes that are nominated for um Best documentary short at the Oscars, and maybe that's I'm wrong weird. on that, but I, I feel like that's something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I honestly, for those, I typically haven't. I don't usually watch the Oscars in its entirety. Oh, I do. You know, I just I kind of <laughs> I just watch for the ones I'm interested in, and which is usually like kind of near the beginning and then at the end, mm-hmm. not really much in the middle. Yeah. So usually the documentary awards I don't end up watching. Yeah. I do have another note on this film um maybe not on the film just on shinkai i feel like he's kind of a pompous person like (laughs) this film felt very arrogant to me and very pretentious like just like the use of poetry and like i i don't know in that sense i was just like eh like it just kind of feels like he's like look what i can do you know and look how smart i am and all that sort of stuff and so that that to me was just kind of like eh i don't I don't know how I feel about that and just kind of like his kind of control freak nature of wanting to do everything on his own. I, yeah, I see your point there, but I also think about that's what an auteur is. You know, they, they kind of want to have that control over things. And mm-hmm. honestly, sometimes you want to like say, Hey, I'm here. This is what I can do. Like, mm-hmm. look at me, make this piece of art. Some people are like that. Some people are not. Yeah. But should you fault them for it? Maybe sometimes. I don't know. I I didn't really find it pretentious. Mm. I guess because it was just I hadn't really seen anything like it. Yeah. So I was just kind of in. I was just kind of amazed at it. And so, but I could see how someone might, you know, feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the poetry. I thought that was a cool touch. Mm-hmm. I don't typically read Japanese poetry, so it was cool <laughs> to get some of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get exposed to some new stuff and. Um, not that there's a lot of it, but mm-hmm. just those couple of phrases. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think overall, I still like this movie. Me too. Um, yeah. I I give it a. Re- I usually will recommend it with kind of an asterisk and kind of explain why I, I'm hesitant. Yeah, I'm hesitant <laughs> to give it like a hundred percent recommendation. Right. You know? Um, just mainly just because of the age difference. If they mm-hmm. had kind of, well. It's like part of the age age difference is kind of part of the story, though. It's it does yeah. kind of help tell that story, and so you see that. But um, I would but have yeah. been. You should just know that going into it, <laughs> right? I would have been more comfortable with it if it had been the sort of thing like, um, not a joke, but just more like, 
oh, he's just a kid who really likes a school teacher, but he's like, no, I'm legit in love for you. I have all these passionate emotions about it. And that's like the thing where I'm like, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> I would like for people to give this a shot because mm-hmm. I think it's um, there's something to glean from it if right. you can look past some of those things. Um, so it gets my general recommendation, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, um, it stretches your mind on what you think animation can do. Yeah, exactly, and that's enough reason to watch it right there. Exactly, and just exposing yourself to new kinds of animation. Mm-hmm. Um, heck, it's only forty-five minutes of your life. Right, it's <laughs> the worst ways you could spend it. That's right. I mean, you could watch uh, Doctor Zhivago. I mean, gosh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you liked it overall, but I'm it wasn't a kidding. huge fan. I'm just kidding. I'm just making a joke. <laughs> no, yeah, his Doctor Zhivago is is okay. I I see the I see the greatness and value in it, mm. but I don't plan on wa- rewatching it anytime soon. Mm. I'm trying to find the <laughs> Blu-ray of it. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Is it on Criterion? No, I wish. Gosh, the, yeah. it's mostly just like early David Lean that's on Criterion. Well, are you ready for the challenge slash trivia? I think so. Trivia I think first, so. I guess. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Makoto Shinkai has, in on most of his work, he, you know, like we said, he's kind of a control freak with it and loves animating things and especially animating the backgrounds. And that's like, you know, what gives it kind of that Shinkai feel. Uh, so, what is the only feature film that Shinkai hasn't animated the background for? Uh, is it A, The Place Promised in Our Early Days? B, five centimeters per second. C, children who chase lost voices. Or D, your name. I feel like it's got to be a later one. Because usually when you're starting up, you're kind of doing everything yourself. I don't know. I kind of want to say your name. Final answer? Final answer. That is incorrect. It is children who chase lost voices. Darn it. Mm-hmm. Just his two-hour long film, and a lot of people say it's his worst. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. My thought process was wrong. (laughs) It's all good. I mean, that's probably what I would have guessed, too. (laughs) Yeah. All right. uh, So Makoto Shinkai has a lot of inspirations, but there is uh, one English writing author who he has said is a huge inspiration for him. Is it A, Kurt Vonnegut, B, Ray Bradbury, C, Philip K. Dick, or D, Arthur C. Clarke? Philip K. Dick would be an interesting one, but I I don't feel like that's it. Ray Bradbury. The only thing I know that he did was uh, Fahrenheit for four fifty one. Yeah, I'm gonna say Philip K. Dick. Take a gamble. Final answer. Final answer. Incorrect. It is B. Ray Bradbury. <sighs> Bradbury. Sorry. Stink. Yeah. Sorry. Worries. All right. Bradbury. 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 Final trivia question: Which video game series did Shinkai animate <sighs> and work on? Is it a, The Legend of Heroes, B, Final Fantasy, C, Dragon Quest, or D, Fire Emblem? It's got to be Dragon Quest. Final answer. Incorrect. It is A, The Legend <laughs> of Heroes. Frick, how go it? Oh, I'm flailing here. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Yeah, just... You'll probably do better on the, the challenge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cross my fingers. So what are the top ten highest grossing anime features so far? Okay, it's probably going to be lots of Ghibli. Um, but I know that your name is number one. According to my source, technically spirited. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I knew that was up there. So, right. uh, But I thought your name was number one. I thought it surpassed it. I think they did like a re Like, I I think I'm, I'm talking overall gross. I think theatrically yeah. your name is number one. But you're talking like DVD sales also. Yeah. So just like according to my source, that's what it is. Okay. So I'll give you Uh, Spirited Away. Spirited Away. (laughs) And your name. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say that Ponyo did really well. Mm -hmm. Ponyo's number four. Probably just another Miyazaki. Probably Howl's Moving Castle. Yep. Number three. Okay. Princess Mononoke. Yep. Number seven. Castle in the Sky? Nope. Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind? Nope. Tales from Earthsea. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's not on there. Uh, not the Wind Rises. Yep, that's number okay. nine. All right. 
That's good. That makes me happy. Still one other Ghibli. Not Grave of the Fireflies. Mm-mm. Oh, that, yeah, that one was kind of like a bomb because mm. nobody wanted to go watch it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was so sad. Just want to watch Totoro. Yeah. Uh, when Marnie was there? Nope. From up on Poppy Hill? Mm-mm. Oh, uh, Secret World of Arietti? Yeah, The Secret Life of Arietti. Or, or is Secret it, Life. Yeah. Or no, is it The Secret World? I thought it was Secret it's World. It's The Secret World. I'm sorry. I want to say it had like three different titles yeah. of all the countries. I think it was just called Arietti in japan yeah but, so that was uh, number eight there okay. is one film on here that i've never heard of before <laughs> okay castle of Cagliostro. nope uh, oh cowboy bebop nope neon genesis evangelion nope. or okay think <laughs> what is the most like successful anime slash oh, pokemon yes pokemon the, the first movie <laughs> mm-hmm okay <laughs> then Yu-Gi-Oh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I would be very. No more, su- no more Ghibli. No right? more Ghibli. I'd be very surprised if you got this other one. <laughs> um, but there's one that I might get. Yes, it's a sequel. Okay. Is it another Pokemon? Like Pokemon yes. Forever? Or something? Not Pokemon. You have to get the right one, otherwise I'm Pokemon not going to give it to you. <laughs> not Pokemon uh, Heroes. Pokemon Two Thousand. Yeah. What's the full name? Uh. Uh, don't tell me. It just has two other words in it, sandwiched in between the two you already said. <laughs> Pokemon the movie two thousand. Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and technically, right. the first one is now called Pokemon the First Movie. I think I said that. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I think I said that. All right. I. You can guess at what this other one is. I. I. I haven't even heard of it. I'm going to Google it while you're thinking. Okay. Is it a Japanese title? or, Well, I guess, um, I'm assuming there's an American title. Uh, the first... Uh, what the frick is this? I'm looking at... This is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is so strange. Okay, so the first... Uh, the first part of the name is also the name of a classic... American film that's based off a Stephen King novel or novella. Okay. Um, not Stand By Me? Yep. Oh. That's the first part of the title? Mm-hmm. There's one other word. Oh. <laughs> Stand By Me Now. Nope. It's the Stand name of here. <laughs> the creature that's in it. Stand By Me, dog. Close. <laughs> Stand by me, cat. Yeah, but there's a name to the cat. Kitten, kitty. No, it's not. It's not anything English. <laughs> uh, then I probably won't get it. Do you want me to just say it? Yeah, just say it. Stand by me, Doraemon. Doraemon. Okay. Um. Weird. It looks. I'm That's looking at it right up. now. I've never seen is this. It, what number is it? Is it number? It's 10? number five. Okay. Wow. Yeah, box office one hundred eighty three point four million. This is nuts. It's weird. It's kind of CG. I wonder if Doraemon is like of twenty fourteen. Yeah. Oh, the animation. Yeah, it's three D anime. Wow. It's interesting. Why have I never heard of this until now? That's weird. Oh my gosh! What is this picture? Oh, he has a little. <laughs> ball on his butt or something like that it looked very strange there's just like a poster (laughs) where he's turned around and you see that little pink ball there this is really weird so he's a cat i think so okay i've never heard of this before well that's it (laughs) okay (laughs) i learned something new garden of words yep garden of words yes yeah it was Good. Give it a watch. Just do it. Yeah, just, just do it. Why not? What have you got to not? lose? Right. 45 minutes. 45 we'll minutes. go by like that. Mm-hmm. Watch it on a rainy day. Exactly. Mood yeah. setter. Skip school. I don't care. No, yeah. I'm just don't Skip care. work. <laughs> Drink beer. Eat chocolate. <laughs> Make shoes. Yeah. Just immerse yourself in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that wraps us up for this one. Um, 
our next film that we're doing is A Scanner Darkly, which is Richard Linklater's rotoscoped animated film that is very interesting. Um, we also have a based guest. Based on the novel. Based on the Philip K. Dick novel, yeah, A Scanner Darkly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a guest with us, Elise Yeomans, who is a good friend of both of ours. We went to college with, and she's a graphic designer and a very good artist. So be looking out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever format you like. So we'll, <laughs> we post stuff constantly. We try to do it daily on the weeks that we're actually releasing the episodes. We'll post like trivia and like, you know, do questionnaires of like, what's your favorite anime film or what's your favorite underrated anime mo- animated movie or all sorts of stuff pertaining to whatever films or series that we're in at the moment. And so, yeah, if you want some fun info, make sure to follow us. And that's also a good place where you can contact contact us too. You can also email us and um, also like, you know, review the show like on iTunes or whatever format, you know, just let us know what to think about it. And if there's anything we could do better and yeah, got to sit. No, you go, you go. No, oh. I was going to end it. Oh, shoot. Okay, yeah. we got to say thanks to John Skinner for the use of the graphic and to Caden Reed and Luke Hogan for the theme song. As always, this has been Film Analysis for a Modern Audience. Bye. Bye.